What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 23. There's a 24, Jack, of season five. Uh, I mean, this thing says 23. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's 23 or 24, but we're back. I'm Joe Michael, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith. <laughs> Travis Ballinghoff has the week off. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. If you're watching live, please make sure to say hello in the comments. And if you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, be sure to do so. I'll flash a link real quick. Uh, subscribe. Yeah, on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Flyers HW. Uh, okay. So if you're up, you're watching us, you probably just watched the Flyers win their final home game in overtime. Owen Tippett, two goals, uh, 15.5 seconds left. Uh, in the overtime, Flyers win 4-3, to three, 39 shots for the Flyers, uh, 28 saves for Carter Hart, stopped 28 of, of 31 shots. Uh, Jack, did you watch the game? Uh, what did you think tonight? Uh, I didn't see too much of it. I got home a little late. Um, but what I did see was rather interesting. Um, I come away with two real thoughts. Owen Tippett, first and foremost, like, holy cow, like 26 goals now in the season. With a game to yeah, go, who good. had that? Like, that's awesome. That's so good to see, uh, especially that last goal. I mean, I think the overtime goal, I think they gave him some space, but, man, did he take advantage of it. What a move. And um, also, it's nice that JVR, you know, 300th goal. Um, How about that? Great to, great to see him heating up. <laughs> great yeah, to right, see just him in time. Right? At the this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, JVR scored his 300th goal of his career in what's likely to be his final uh, home game as a Philadelphia Flyer. So uh, congratulations to JVR on that uh, accomplishment. Uh, we do have some topics that we're going to get to tonight, guys, besides the game. Uh, we'll read some off here. So uh, we're going to touch on the D'Angelo speculation, obviously. He's been sitting up in the press box for the last couple games. A couple points I'd like to make there. Uh, we're going to touch on Claude Giroux scoring his 1,000th point. Congratulations. Um, Ed, today's the anniversary of Ed Snyder's death, Jack, where, you know, if you've been following the Flyers, things have kind of gone downhill since that day. So we <laughs> will remember uh, the great Mr. Ed Snyder. Um, so, yeah, Jack, where do you want to start off tonight? I mean, the Snyder thing, like that, that what happened, what literally happened was a fear of mine going back to like when Lindros was still on the team, like when he dies, are they going to be still this aggressive all the time and still be a premier team in the league? Like we're winning matters above any, everything else. Like, are they still going to carry that forward after he goes? And it, you said it perfectly. Like the second, it's like the second he died, it was all downhill from there. Maybe some of the seeds were sown a little bit sooner of them going downhill, but you, you could see a direct correlation from when he passed away and how this team just sank to the bottom of the standings to the point where they were a joke and everything that he embodied with the team and how, what he came up with and whatnot. And to see them just get absolutely steamrolled by their division rivals. It's like, that was like the rock bottom from that day to, to just having other teams fans take over the stadium, which has happened way too many times this season. Um, it's just, yeah, I think of that date, and it's it's unbelievable how it happened, like, almost immediately. You know, it's it's interesting because 
I think in a lot of cases, when you have an owner or, or somebody on your side, like Ed Snyder, um, maybe a lot of times you take that for granted and you don't realize what you had kind of thing where at least I think I can speak for you and I, oh, do we have Travis with us? Well, I'll finish my point real quick. I think I can speak for you and I, Jack, where I, I think we, we did appreciate what we had in Ed Snyder. We, we knew, you know, that we had probably the, the greatest owner in not only the NHL, but quite possibly all of sports, you know, it, 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 he, he was, he was the Flyers. He was a, a big piece. Like, like how many teams? I don't really care who the Phillies owner is. I know it's John Middleton, but I don't, I don't love John Middleton. You know what I mean? I, I know that the Eagles owner is Jeffrey Lurie, but I don't love Jeffrey Lurie. Um, maybe it has something to do with the love of the Flyers, but Ed Snyder was, and I should still be. The Flyers, you know, and uh, I think if anything, what it what it should show fans is, damn, you really did have it good. This is what happens when your franchise is not run properly, you know. And at that, real quick, I'm going to bring Trav in here. I think he's on his phone. Trav, are you there? I have you on mute here. Trav maybe join whenever he gets in. I think he went to the Phillies game, so maybe he's in the car or something here. I'll take him off till he pops back on. But uh. Yeah, Jack. Any, no, any- I, I just wanted to comment on what you had said about like like loving Schneider, but not necessarily loving the other owners. I think a lot of that, for me at least, ha- having gotten into and liked hockey at such a young age, like I think it was my first game when I was like four years old or maybe younger, and uh, it's been an obsession ever since. Snyder made that team a certain way, and being so impressionable at such a young age, that team – shaped me in a way like I expect certain things from my players, uh, how the players should react to the fans. I'm very defensive of the fans, you know, like a lot of people are like, Oh God, you pissed off the players. I'm like, F that like, dude, you, you work for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, sure. like he shaped the way I am as a fan. And I think that's why he, his legacy means so much more to me. Not to mention it was not just the way he was like that team performed under him. Like he, he did not take any shit. He fixed, he righted the ship. He'll spend all the money. All he cared about was winning. And yeah, it's, it's, that's why, that's, that's why, that's why I think you can say you love him and, or whatever with the other ones. It's, it's part of who I am. Yeah. I mean, he, he would, um, he, so he wouldn't watch it up in the stands with the fans, but he would watch the game with the fans. I mean, the, 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 the TV would pan to his reactions during games you knew if he was pissed, like he was one of those guys where you, you knew where he stood, you know, and he, he loved his team, loved his players, loved the people that, that, that worked in the stadium. He was just the best, you know, he was the epitome of the best that you could possibly get. Um, and, you know, it's so hard to live up to that. So whoever was going to come in after him, it, it's like, you know, whoever played shortstop after Derek Jeter retired was never going to be good enough, you know? So it's like whoever was going to own or take the, uh, you know, the same spot as Ed, Ed Snyder after he passed away didn't have a shot. And uh, unfortunately, you know, they, they weren't even close in, in any capacity, you know, to, to uh, Mr. Ed Snyder. So, uh, yeah. Why don't we move on to our next topic here, Jack? So, uh Still Flyers related, but, uh, you know, it's uh, 
probably the best player the Flyers have had on their in their franchise since Eric Lindros. Claude Giroux scored his 1,000th point of his NHL career last night as a member of the Ottawa Senators. He had a 3.92 goals and an assist uh, and now has 1,000 points. And I believe... 1,099 games, which is pretty cool. Jack, you want to talk about Claude Giroux? Oh, man. It's so bittersweet, isn't it? Like, we, this guy should have been taking us to the promised land. Definitely had the talent. Never built the team around him. Um, getting a lot of flack towards the end for being a part of that country club uh, mentality, at least off the ice, because it was my belief on the ice. How could you not want to play for this guy? How could you not? like be all in every game, how hard he plays and how good he is and how he's such a game changer. And um, that's why I was shocked to see that the locker room culture was as bad as it was. It was just, we just had to move on. It was just time to move on. Start. It was the beginning of starting fresh, whether the front office was going to go with him, <laughs> not at that time. Um, and I'm still a fan. I still want to see him do well. It's a shame. It's senators really, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah, Drew and um, uh, the winger from Chicago. Uh, the, the, the Brinkett. Brinkett. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. and then they even trade for the defenseman from Arizona Arizona at the deadline as well. Chickering. They trade for Chickering, and they missed the playoffs. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for his milestones. It's nice. I'm like, yeah, he was a great player. Like, I, I'm really happy. But when I think deeply about it, it's bittersweet. It's the only way I can come away with it. I think that's fair because I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. Like I could easily come on here and I could say very, you know, I'm excited for Claude Giroux. I'm glad he did it. Yada, yada. You know, and I, I would be lying to you guys. Like I, when I heard he hit a thousand points and I'm like this with a lot of stuff, like, Oh, good for Claude Giroux. Not that I didn't care. But I didn't go back and watch the, watch the highlights from last night, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let me see his one thousand point. So it, it's not that I don't care, but I just don't think that I care enough to be like, you know, cool. Hey, you know, it's funny that you say that because when I think of Drew in general, you think of a lot of great plays, like the shift, like the overtime goal against Chicago. I was at that game. You know, uh, even the Stanley Cup play when he was a young pup, you know, you think of all these great like plays from Drew. I used to watch these all the time. I used to just rewatch them and give me a feel good, you know, real feel good feeling after like the last two years, I don't watch any of his replays at all. <laughs> Does that kind of explain where I am? I, Are love you mad at him? I really do, but he just is unfortunately a, a major icon of the worst error of hockey. And it's not his fault. I get that. I really do. But he was the face when this happened and that's why it's bittersweet he's a he was he deserved so much better we all did we all did i don't want to remember this time so that's what it comes down to it's a shame it's not all his fault but he's the face yeah it's uh i i think he pretty much laid it out there you know it's hard to have and and you guys know because i think i'm pretty vocal about how i feel about claude Giroux, whether i'm right or wrong you know, he was a great player, and I'm not even sure that I appreciated him fully for what he did here because he did so much more than score points and score goals. You know, his, his hockey IQ is off the charts, yada, yada. Um, but I think for somebody like me, Jack, 
it's very hard for me to appreciate that about a player when year after year the team's missing the playoffs. Whether And I'm not blaming Giroux for that, but he was the captain for it, right? Like when you think of Mike Richards, when he, like he was the, the last captain I truly remember before Giroux. What do you think about when you think of Mike Richards? I mean, I, I understand that Giroux is a better player, but the way Richards played goes back to what I was saying about Snyder. Like talk about a, a, fly, a Flyers captain. Like what he just embodied that from like the Broad Street bully era. And right, like I think it's that I think of playoff runs and and you know going to the Stanley. Well, that, Cup and that's and right that's there. the second part. That's it. Like and the other thing with Snyder as well, the success, the success was there, you know, and yep. they they were always in the playoffs. There's memorable playoff series from runs you probably barely remember. Like how about the game seven overtime victory against Washington? You know how about the series against Montreal before they were anything? You know, and then you talk about the cup years and coming back against Boston and all that. And it's like this they didn't win the cup, but we I have a ton of memories, good memories. Like it, it's yeah. insane how good they were during that period. And he it, it but also for him to embody the team the way he did, he was it was like perfect. For sure. I mean, even go back to, to Eric Lindros. What do you remember? You remember dominance, you remember cup runs, you know, playoffs every year. Uh, I think I'll speak for myself. I, I don't so much focus on player success the way it seems like maybe a lot of fans do Jack, especially, and, and I get it. It's, it's, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. You know, having a favorite player and following their career and, you know, wanting certain accolades for them and wishing them all the success. What I've noticed about myself is I, I watch the Flyers more for, you know, the, the, the Flyers. I mean, it, it's weird. To, it's weird. I don't know how to explain this, but the players wearing the jerseys are only kind of stopping through, you know, for five to ten years if they're lucky. Whereas we've been here for 35. We're not going anywhere kind of thing. We watch the same logo year after year, right? And I watch I th- what I'm trying to say is I watch for the logo. I watched for the Flyers. I want the I want our laundry to beat the other team's laundry, and I want us to have the best laundry. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I'm happy. Good for Claude Giroux, but I can't say that it makes any difference in my life that Claude Giroux scored a thousand points. Like honestly, like, and I know a lot of the listeners are maybe they're gonna think whatever about me, but I, I, good for Claude Giroux. If he would have scored it as a flyer, it would have been a nice little event. But unless they're making playoffs, unless they're making cup runs, you know, 1,000 points is – this is going to suck to say, Jack, but I'm going to say it. It's a 1,000 empty points. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> they're just points, dude. Oh, God. We have another comment. I know exactly how you feel. Like – I. Dude, this feeling, oh God, I'm gonna get roasted for this. This feeling for me even goes back to his last game as Flyer. Like I just I couldn't get that hyped about it. I just I couldn't. Like some it really meant a lot to some people in some ways, and I get it. I just I'm sorry. Like it's I expect this team to win. That's how I was raised. This is a joke, what they've become. And he, it's just, he unfortunately embodied it no matter how good he was. 
yeah, no how much it wasn't his fault. He was the face. So I think, you know, we, we kind of, yeah, we're, we're kind of in agreement there. And, you know, we, we have someone that Dave agrees with us. Doesn't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> if, if you're listening or you're watching and, and you disagree with us, please feel free to chime in. Roast me. You know, and let us know because I, I, Jack, I don't think our opinions here are, are very popular. You know, it seemed like a lot of people followed Drew. You know, as soon as he went to Florida, people were buying up Florida Florida Panther Drew t-shirts, which, you know, when Richards got traded to Los Angeles, I wasn't buying Los Angeles Kings merch. You know what I'm saying? Like, here, so here's something. I, I've never owned another team's jersey, hat, nothing. It's all been flyers. Baseball. I used to buy all kinds of different baseball caps because I didn't love the Phillies. And this is not saying that I'm a better fan than anybody. I'm just saying, you know, people can make their own conclusions. Hockey, it was always Flyers. This is, see, this is what I'm saying too. No matter how much I loved watching Mike Richards, when he wasn't a Flyer anymore, sure, I'd follow his career. But when he won the Stanley Cup, I can't say that I was necessarily happy for him. I wanted him <laughs> to win with the Flyers. Does that make uh-huh. sense? Yeah, I felt so, the same way. Richards also yeah. like pulled a Santa Claus line against Philly after he left. That really ticked me off. So I didn't like him for a while. What did he say? Oh, he did, just, he, did he? He was just shitting on Philly, like, like like real small quote. I don't remember how long it was after he left, but it wasn't that long. And he he pulled the oh they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. I'm like, are you? Are you did you really <laughs> say that? Like, oh my god, I can't. I couldn't. I felt embarrassed for him. I was like, he's just. Yeah, I, I, he, he wanted to take a dig so bad. He said something so stupid and typical. He's a, I think personality-wise, he was probably a tough guy to like, you know, outside of playing hockey. It's just, uh, just you know, just how how I felt though. Like even though I loved, I loved that guy. I loved watching him play and broke my heart when they when they traded him back when you could break Jim's heart. Now <laughs> the Flyers can do whatever they want. Like they've done it all. There's nothing, you know. But I, I like. I can't say that I really even rooted for him. It was like, oh shit, the Kings are going to the Stanley Cup. They, you know, I guess I hope they win. They have Gagne, Carter, Richards. Like it was still, it was bittersweet even still. So, uh, you know, for a guy like Claude Giroux, who it's interesting. Like, I don't know the the style of his play is. It's he's a great player. So I don't I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jackass. The the style of his play you know, didn't grip somebody like me. It was like, oh, wow, Claude Giroux looks really good. But I would much rather watch a player like Mike Richards. Is that is that making any sense, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. I, well, it goes back to what I expect out of a out of my team and what they embody and whatnot. And so more, it can go, be yeah. more exciting. And you, you know that team's not getting embarrassed by the rivals, you know, just by the way they play. They embody what that symbol means. For sure. Yeah, so Claude Giroux, 1,000 points. Once again, congratulations to Flyers' former captain. I got to apologize. I, did, I didn't mean to just shit on him the whole time. Uh, I just kind of went that well, I kind of caught us going through that, too, and I'm like, you know what? This is yeah, a pretty it kind of went that way, and that's not right. And but we're I'm just sorry. being real, you know? I I'm mean, if, ex- if we were to switch up. And- if I, how much I cared, and I answered honestly, that's all. If we were to switch up and start, you know, faking – you know positivity there it's just how we feel felt about claude drew there's many if you want to listen to you know 
positive stuff. There's there's a lot of other people you can listen to that will speak positive positively of, of Claude Giroux, but you know, this is just how we felt. So let's move on a little bit here. Uh let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Tony D'Angelo, Jack. And he was up in the, the press box again tonight. I'm actually I think I'm sitting maybe right around where he was sitting earlier. A lot of suspicion. You know, why isn't D'Angelo playing? I think this is, what, his fourth game mm-hmm. he's missed. The Flyers even went so far as to dress just five defensemen. Uh, he didn't play tonight. Uh, neither did Nick Sealer. Tonight, I think, was uh, York, Sanheim, Provorov. Um, help me out here. Adam Yinning. They're, Yinning. they're saying Yinning, yeah. but it's Yinning. Uh, so that's four. Um, who, help me out. Who am I missing? York. You see Ristolainen? Ristolainen was out there, yeah. So, uh you know, it was interesting. So here's something for you. So Chris Bennett on Twitter made a comment that, hey, maybe the Flyers already know that they're bringing back D'Angelo next year and they want to get a look at the five who they're not sure about. What are your thoughts on that, Jack? It seems like wishful thinking. <laughs> it was interesting, though, I thought, because I mean, it's, the it's possible right that you can't rule it out. But because it's like if you already know what you have, they would be a little more forthcoming so they could avoid the bad speculation if that were true. But I'm not saying it's not. I just feel like the team, if it is, the team should like say something positive. Christ. Well, it's interesting. I mean, and, and some of these guys play games too, you know, like don't, don't forget about that. Like Tortorella, like I, I have to take Tortorella at his word. Like, cause I do that with the positive things. So I have to do that, do that with the negative things. Right. I'm not going to sit here and assume, um, he said he hasn't spoken to him, which is interesting, uh, whether I believe that or not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but I will say this. So I looked to my right tonight and I saw Nick Schultz, uh, having conversations with Tony D'Angelo throughout that first period. And, he, he, you know, we remember Nick Schultz is a former flyer. He is a uh, player development coach with the team now. And what was Nick Schultz known for, Jack? He was known for defense. He was a stay-at-home guy, right, blocking shots, you know, taking the body, toughing corners, things like that. What is Tony D'Angelo not great at? Playing defense, right? So now you have your former flyer defenseman, you know, current uh player development guy sitting next to Tony D'Angelo in the box, who is a very good offensive defenseman. Tortorello's complimented him multiple times throughout the year. It's one of the best first passes out of the zone in the entire NHL. And he's got him in the box watching a game with Nick Schultz. You know, there's a lot of speculation, Jack. uh, And it's pure rumors, by the way, that Tony D'Angelo could be traded this offseason he, he could be bought out. That's being totally made up. The, none of that is coming from anywhere, you know, any, and it's not factual. It's all rumor. So what I, what I saw tonight and, and I didn't really, we didn't really speculate on this, our last show. I don't think because the way I am, I kind of like to let things play out a little bit. All right. Tony D'Angelo is watching from the box. My, my initial impression, like I'm not going to overreact to that. He's sitting in the box. He's watching games. You know, he's, getting paid, he's getting paid $5 million a season. He's under contract for another year. Uh, and if they were going to trade him, it would have been trade deadline. You know, and they weren't really close to moving him anywhere. So uh, 
you know, if you're, if you're trying to showcase a guy, you play him. You don't sit him in the press box. So, like, a lot of people are out there contradicting themselves. And it's like, well, you're contradicting yourself because you're not making sense. And tonight kind of proved that for me, that, you know, they, they, they're pulling him back a little bit. He's making the same mistakes. Just watch up here with us, and we'll show you what we're seeing. This is what we want you to do in certain situations, yada, yada. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a positive outlook, which I definitely think could be possible. I just, and I know they played games and Tortorella especially. I just think this, they got enough bad looks with things that they, I, I they may not, they could just still be doing it. I just feel like they something more positive would be said by somebody, Briere towards anybody. Doesn't mean it's not possible. I don't know that you could change Tony D, you know, with mm. Schultz and whatnot. I mean, yeah, it's what I would do. I would get them talking. And if you're invested in he with him going forward, um, it's just, it's odd that like there's one side that's like, he's out of here. He's gone, going back to the speculation at the trade deadline to the other end where they're invested in him moving forward past this two year deal uh, past next season. And they're working with him. It's, it's 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 there's no middle ground it feels like and um what am i more likely to believe yeah, i don't know i was leaning in trade uh for a while these consp- these theories of yours they do have some merit but they are in my opinion still a little too um wishful thinking so i what i come back to yeah I, so i was just trying to find some rationality and like i said my whole thing was in the beginning, all right, they're, they're sitting him out. What do they have to gain by playing him? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's nothing to, to gain. Like, there's, they're meaningless games. Um, so, okay, now he's watching games from the box. If you're going to take a guy out, get out of here. Hang on one second, guys. Jim's a boss. Yeah, so if he's in – so – Back to what uh, Chris Bennett said from from Twitter. If you're not following Chris, make sure you go look him up. He's a good follower. If you know he's going to be around next year, take the take the one guy you know is going to be around out. Right? Who do we want to trade? Who keeps coming up in trade rumors? Ivan Provorov. I think he could be gone, but let's also remember he's the only guy that hasn't moved from his spot in the lineup. You know, hasn't been benched at any point this season. Travis Sanheim is a is a player a lot of people want traded. Um, Cam York's a young guy that you know is, needs the experience. Ristolainen, they're still trying out on the power plays. They want to see what they can do with him. Uh, and then Adam Ginnings come up. Ronnie Adderts come up. You know it makes sense why these guys are maybe still in the lineup or these guys that we can use next year. Yada yada. Whereas if you know you're keeping D'Angelo, you know maybe it makes sense to take him out. I, I think I'm I'm buying into what Chris said there. And it was an interesting perspective because if you're sitting a guy and, and uh, I don't know, it just made me think a little bit. It's uh, just, it just was interesting. What's the point of playing him? There's no real reason to play Tony D'Angelo, right? Like who cares if he's playing or not? It's kind of how well, I looked at it. Why I d- definitely don't disagree with any of that. I do wonder how this team views some of these players. Like, I think we're expecting some pretty big changes or we should be uh, this off season, maybe nothing earth shattering, but something notable for sure. 
and some of that mentality that you're dropping on me makes me think that they're more likely to work with what they have to an extent. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, so the only guys that I, I honestly think they're going to try to move is Kevin Hayes, who I think's foregone conclusion. He's gone. He doesn't fit what's happening here. The other guy that I think they could explore moving is we talked about it on a couple of shows ago is Ivan Provorov. Other than those two guys, and you know the guys that drop off the roster naturally, and Braun, JVR, whoever else, those are the only two guys that I honestly see them actively trying to move. You know, I I don't. Tony D'Angelo to me is a guy they traded next year's trade deadline. You know what I mean? Uh, like what team is going to take on a $5 million salary for a year when you can wait out to the trade deadline and trade for him then, you know, fit him under your cap. All of a sudden you have a power play specialist. Uh, you know, it, it's Tony D'Angelo is a very valuable player on a good team as he showed with Carolina last year. So uh, I, I think he's an asset. Maybe they hang on to till next year's trade deadline. Maybe they do it like something what Carolina did with Gossip Spare. Uh, hopefully he's worth a little bit more by that point, but do you, do you kind of get where I'm going with that? I mean, that, yeah, and that's – is that really what we expected, you know, or they just feel financially they can't move enough money to make it worth – to wait. They have to wait too long, so they're going to try to do something in the meantime while still trying to rebuild in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, so if they if the team came out and was like, yeah, we're going to tear everything completely down in one summer, how realistic – do you think that is and if they don't do it could you imagine the the fan outrage yeah like how can you like make all these changes and then still be stuck with certain contracts like sandheim or you know the players or couturier and you know guys that you know you can't move i don't even know what's going on with atkinson like it would be kind of silly um which is like why i always have brought up like what they need to do and what they really can't do and it, that's why I was so more inclined to like, guys, we had, this is going to be long. This isn't going to be a quick fix. That's why I wanted to start it sooner. And, um, and now I do wonder how they were going to navigate those waters. I just hope that they pick the right people to keep around and not move on from. They do need to move on from some guys. Like you mentioned Provorov, how good he's been, how much Tortorella probably likes him. We, we know he likes him. Um, but for him, it's like, does he want to be here? Is definitely the way I look at it, and what obviously what package you can get back. Because if you move on from him, then you got a lot of work to do to actually do something with this team. And I don't know what kind of pieces you're getting back, but if they're draft picks, they're going to take quite a while to get here anyway. So it's going to tell me a lot about what their plan is. And Tony D'Angelo, I don't know if he's the catalyst by any means because it does make sense to hang on to him and trade him at, at the uh, deadline. Buying him out doesn't make any sense to me at all. Nah. Trading only if he was unhappy. We heard rumors that he um, he just didn't like losing. He liked his, he missed Carolina and all that stuff. Um, it's not what he came here for or whatever. Um, so if that's the case, that's why I th- that's where I think that trading comes from before the deadline. But like to get the most value would definitely make sense at the deadline. Um, if they keep him past that, then, then I'm just, that Nick Schultz stuff makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Um, they're going to work. I think the buyout stuff is, is just, it's asinine to tell you the truth. Like, uh, 
especially if you only have one year left on a guy's yeah. deal. Like, all right, there's an argument there, I think, with Kevin Hayes. But I, even that I still think is stupid. You know, you should be – and it's like people are so quick to say, oh, well, just retain salary, just retain salary. Well, you know, we, we're over here crying about the salary cap and how they have so little space, yet we have so many people willing to take on dead cap. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. If, if you don't get exactly what you want for a guy uh, – well, Kevin Hayes, they may not get that. You know, but if someone's going to give you two picks uh, to not retain money on Hayes, uh, sorry, where was I going with that? I I would say, no, we'll take back one pick and you take all the money as opposed to taking two picks and we retain money. That's some, I think you might be the opposite in that aspect where it's like, you know, get all the picks where you can. Whereas I'm kind of like, uh, no, well, have them all. for me, for me to, to retain money, especially the longer, um, it would have to be significant pick, not just for, not just a throw in, like it had to be really significant. I'm not a fan of buyouts, so I'm not a fan of retaining money. Um, you know, unless it's short term, you know, cause we know the team's not going to be, you could do it for a year or two or three, but like, I don't want them to do it the length of the contract. So, yep. you know, a lot depends. Like, man, you think about these contracts, Fletcher really left us in a bind here and I don't necessarily disagree with all of them on the timing and the situation then. But it's going to be tough. I mean, I, uh, this is going to be a really interesting offseason just because we're feeling out. We knew when Fletcher was brought in, they were going to try to win. They were trying to get, get over the hump. They're going to take what they have. They're going to add. And that's exactly what happened. When Hexall was brought in, you, you knew the team needed to like do something with a prospect pool, and he was that kind of guy, and he was successful in L.A., and that seemed to be the approach. That makes sense. I have no idea what Briere is going to do. I feel like I know what he should do, but even then I am sometimes at a loss for words when it comes to rebuilding and dealing with the contracts they have. Like the, some of them are truly immovable and it's even the minor one, they're not that minor, but even a guy like Hayes, like I'm really curious to see how that's going to go and what they're going to end up doing with that. And this is Briere's first go as a GM. Uh, what a test. Oh my God. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, w- I was saying tonight, this season kind of flew by, didn't it? I mean, when you go, when you look back at November, it seems, you know, it does seem kind of long, but tonight was the last home game, and it's it's done already. You know, they have two more games, all, both on the road, uh, and then, you know, we're looking forward to draft lottery in, in May. And then after that, obviously, it's the draft in June, and then free agency in usually July. Um yeah, I mean, once the season's done, now now it starts, you know, uh, and it kind of started already. I want to bring this up. I didn't put this in our notes because I completely forgot, but the Flyers have informed Jay O'Brien that they would not be signing him. So uh, the Flyers do pick up a draft pick. Uh, I think initially it's supposed to be for 2023, but I think he's got to sign with another NHL club or something before the draft. So more than likely the pick will be in 2024. Um, so they get a second-round pick for, you know, drafting Jay O'Brien 19th overall. But when was that, 2017, Jack? 2018. It was a Farabee draft. 2018. Yeah, so, uh, you know, unfortunate. Uh, I think O'Brien did improve a little bit over the last couple of years, but in the shape the team's in right now, I think you'd rather have the draft pick than 
Does anybody miss O'Brien? Like, I mean, come on. I didn't like the pick at the time. It didn't make sense to me. I tried to be positive. He had a horrible start to his in college and moving from colleges, dropping down to a lesser league. It was talked, I was talked into how it was a good decision and he's looking better and he went over here. And it's like, geez, man, that was 2018 we drafted this kid. We're still talking about him just getting the, like in the system, like actually in the Flyers front door. Like, I'll take the yeah. second round pick and try again. Thanks. There you go. Yeah. So I thought that was important to bring up because. They're kind of getting things started a little early. They came out and said, "Hey, we're you know we're not going to bring them back. Uh, we'd rather take the draft pick," which I think signifies you know where they're going to go with some things. Uh, if I'm going to make a bigger deal than it is, um, you know, staying on the the college track here a little bit, uh, Skyler Brindamore, son of Rod Brindamore, who you know is a NCAA Frozen Four champion with the Quinnipiac. Uh, now the name escapes me, Jack. Damn it. Oh, uh, but but Quinnipiac did win the Frozen Four Championship. Skyler Brendamore is a champion. Decided not to sign with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, it'd be cool to have a Brendamore in orange and black. Get him signed. Oh, my God, yes. Um, he'll, he'll probably – I mean, uh, the first thing everybody said was he'll sign with Carolina, play for his father, which that would be awesome. But uh, Brendamore is on you know? the market. Why wouldn't yeah. he? He almost plays like his dad a little bit. Obviously, he's not as gifted offensively, but the guy, the kid's tenacious – uh, face-off guy. Flyers need a face-off guy. They've struggled since Couturier's been out, and they traded Drew. Um, so just was, you know, there guys ever, out there. Was there ever a father-son coach and player in the NHL? All right, so I can't take credit for this. I think Timothy uh, Tim on Twitter. Uh, let me get let me get his app because this was a pretty good stat. So Kevin Deneen played for his father with the Flyers, oh, actually. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, really I, good I, get there. If I really thought about that, I probably could have remembered that. But, yep, that's it. Guess that's who good. we have on, Jack? Guess who? Guess who is home from the Phillies game setting up? So we won't bring them in yet. Gritty. But wow, home in record time from the Phillies game. Even though it, the Phillies and the Flyers both ended the same time, so probably hit some traffic. We're gonna bring them in. <laughs> Did you say Wrong gritty? Teams won, but. Yep. <laughs> There he is. Look at him all Home dressed. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> a little, a little loud. Okay, one sec. Chav, how mm-hmm. much? Uh, Oof, how many hot dogs? Eight. Uh, five. The lines were over an hour long. So oh they were on Twitter. It was showing how long the lines are. Absolute mess. Yeah. Byo. It sounds H-3. like. So what I heard, uh, is the audio better now? It's getting better. You still sound a little, like, still sounds like you're talking directly into the mic. Okay. So it sounds like Dollar Dog Nights were such a hit last season that Tony Luke's and Chicken and Pete's complained so that the hot dog vendors purposely did their jaws bad tonight. I don't know how true this is. This is just something I heard. But, um, there's a scandal at CBP. I, I, I don't know if I should say this, but the guy at 307 was who was working, serving hot dogs, was drinking whiskey or bourbon or something on the job. <laughs> I like that you put his number right out there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's a joke. Wow. Uh, did they win? No. 
they started coming back towards the middle innings and it got bad at the end. That's a shame. Well, the Flyers won overtime. Tippett scored two goals, 26 on the year. Beautiful goal, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple topics left here. We're about 40 minutes in, Trav. We touched on D'Angelo a little bit. We touched on Giroux scoring 1,000 goals. G-Money. Uh, yeah, you're a big Giroux guy. I actually have to take another uh, traditional P in the middle of our press row show here. So if you want to talk Giroux for a second, I'll be right back. Okay. My guy, G-Money. To be honest, my second favorite player of all time behind Danny Briere. Absolute legend. Um, he played on a lot of shit teams here, to be completely <laughs> – be- we got to be honest. Played on a lot of bad teams here where – I didn't hear the podcast, but it sounds like Jakey Vorchek did a podcast this week where he said, we really never had a shot at winning the cup with that core. And – Part of me agrees. Um, I, I really liked that team in 2012 and on top of 2020 as well. I thought both of them teams could have won a cup. Um, but other than that, I mean, most of that was under GM Ron Hextall. And it's like the depth on them teams. You had no shot. It's like, I I think that was what Hextall was. Obviously, he wanted to win a cup, but his plan was just kind of we're going to sit in the middle here and hope that we can sneak into the playoffs. And if you get in, anything can happen. I think that was his philosophy. And okay. If we miss the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. We're going to get a good pick. I trust my scouting staff and we're going to make a good pick. We're going to get a prospect in the first round. You could say what you want about that. That's a whole different story. I friggin' love G, (laughs) but it was time to move on from both sides. I think. The whole pretty much a decade, not exactly a decade, but pretty close, was a failure Hmm. 2015 on. And I just think sometimes it's time to move on, time to get going, try something new. Real quick, you know what happened in 2015? 2015, uh, we missed the playoffs. Today's the anniversary of it. Oh, uh, Mr. Snyder passing away. And it was all downhill from there. Was that 16 or 15? I think that might have been 16. 15, I think they said. Or was it they say? I think 16 because we we made the playoffs that year. We faced Washington round one. Was it 15, 16? Is that what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. What are you still in Drew memories? So, yeah. So, it's like it was all downhill from there too. So, a couple things real quick because he did his, you know, the whole – you got into Hexall there, which is funny. Boy, about G, Not and sure. you would have been. I think you would have been mad at me if you heard us talking about G um, in his thousand points uh, because um, and just the season he's having. Um, but it's you. I also think you would probably agree with most of what I said. You kind of alluded to it, you know. And um, they have they were horrible for ten years. You know, mm-hmm. Drew was great, but to your point, Hextall seemed to want to rebuild without getting rid of anybody on his roster outside of like Coburn and Hartnell. And that was very early Hartnell, you know, and it's like he was okay with like G and Jake's years just getting ticking off as Shen and Katuria came up. And yeah, it just felt like he wasted their primes. And then when it came time for their final push, G's in his 30s at this point. Yeah. You know, they have the culture was able to manifest, I believe, during this time period that was so horrible for this locker room. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think we're saying all saying a lot of the same things. Um, I just was a lot harder, and it's not G's fault. It's just the error that he's the face of. Yeah, I, I don't have anything bad to say about G as a player, as a captain. I just think that whole era was a failure, and it was time to move on. Exactly, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, so I guess I, and I think that for the team and himself, like it would have been cool for G to hit a thousand points as a flyer, play 20 years. I mean, he's only 34 and he's still putting up all these points. Like, I saw someone today say, Oh, he might hit um 1100. I think he smashes 1100. He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. No, um, but just as a Flyers team perspective and as a Claude Drew perspective, it was probably time to move on for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're saying all the same things. I just, it just comes off like you're shitting on him. <laughs> no, that. I, mean, not, maybe maybe I, I, I love that guy. I know. Not a bad thing warrior, to say, right? Great player. I've heard nothing but good things from him as a kid. You know what? A lot of players came through here and didn't have good tenures. And rarely the only guys who ever came out and said, and it, no one ever came out and said, geez, a bad captain, but they said the locker room had problems was Briz in that 2013, 2012, 13 season, the half lockout and Dale Weiss. And I kind of would love to know more about that. Like, Ask Vinny LeCavalier what he thought about the locker room, RJ Umberger, Andrew McDonald. Some of them guys who didn't really have good tenures here. I'd like to hear their perspective if they think there was a locker room problem. But no one ever really came out and said anything bad about them besides them two. But I remember when that Dale Wee stuff came out and everyone was like, oh, well, Dale Wee sucked. His opinion shouldn't matter. And it's like, hey, well, let's listen to the guy. Maybe he's on to something. I don't know. I mean, he played in Montreal. They had some good teams. They had some ad teams. But from personally what I have heard, G was a pretty good captain. We all saw a hell of a player. At the end of the day, it was time to move on. I agree. And, and while we're having this Claude Giroux conversation, I just happened to check the scores for tonight. Did you guys see that? Pittsburgh lost to Chicago in that must-win game. Oh. <laughs> they had their own destiny at hands, man. They lost 5-2 to two to Chicago. Wow. They are uh, now a point behind the Islanders oh. and with one game left to play. How um, they're gonna... they, they care more about Bedard than they do the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I really... Typical Penguins. It's not going to happen, but I was praying both Pittsburgh and Islanders would lose. Half of it, well, obviously I hate Pittsburgh, but from the Islanders' standpoint, like half of it's I can't stand that team. That you know they eliminated us in 2020, but I, I hate the roster mix-up. This is Pittsburgh or New no York? New York. I just feel like they have so many guys who play the same style of game. And it just makes for boring hockey. It's like a bunch of big guys They're clogging the up the neutral zone. They're I can't stand watching them play. They're built for the so whoever they play, and let's say it's Boston. 
I don't think Boston steamrolls them. I think that maybe that's a series that maybe goes six games. Uh, so real quick here. So each team I mentioned, New York, Pittsburgh has one game left. Guess who they play? Pittsburgh plays Columbus in their last uh-huh. game. And the Islanders play the Canadians. So can't really get much easier. You know, they Yeah, I, I think they had – I mean, this is going back a week or two, but they had the easiest schedule the rest of the way, Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, so Buffalo also controlled their own destiny. They lost as well. Oh. Uh, now with they, they were the kind they were the team that I was kind of rooting for, you know, like maybe they'd be some they'd be fun. It's a different team in the playoffs. They lost six two to New Jersey. Uh, they have two games left to play with eighty seven points. Florida's punched their ticket. They're in. There's one spot left between the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Sabers. Are the Panthers officially in? Yep. Yep. Okay. Officially in ninety two points. Uh, How about so, Alex Lyon? Have you guys talked about him? We have not. We have not. Go ahead. I <laughs> I did not think this guy was a good goalie. Straight up. I just I did not think he was a good NHL goalie. But you cannot underestimate what the guy's done the last two more than that, the last month, ever since Bob got sick or whatever that was. I mean, he had that bad game in Philly. Ever since, I don't know what the stats are. He's been on a roll. Yeah, looking looking at him here. So he is on he has won every single start since January 28th, except for the game against the Flyers. Wow. Three, four, five, six. He's seven and one in that span and has not allowed over two goals in a game since that Flyers game. Uh, yeah. what, what did you guys think about Alex Lyon? Like, I, I, I thought he was a minor league starter at best. Yeah. Kind I mean, of yes, but I, I thought he was good. I liked him. I thought they should have still, in some capacity, held on to him. And uh, but yeah, I didn't think he was anything more than an occasional. You know, you bring him up to be your backup and sit on your bench. You know, he's an AHL guy. So yeah, I this is shocking. You know, I don't know how sustainable it's going to wind up being. Right. But, but like, still, like this is not. It just it's a little bittersweet. Like we. We had uh, Michael Layton on Nasty Knuckles Wednesday or Thursday. And we got a lot of comments saying, well, is this Alex Lyon being Michael Layton 2.0, just getting hot at the right time and going on a roll? That could be fun. Right. And it's like. (laughs) Brian Boucher did that, you know? Yep. He could be that, you know? I would root for the Panthers in that case. Oh, I definitely would, yeah. I just yeah, like, I always want to see the Panthers do well because I'm always worried about them. <laughs> Plus, Claude Giroux plays for him. Oh no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, no, he does not. He does no, not. That sucked. That's that right. He picked cool. he picked the perennial playoff team in Ottawa, right? Because he cares about winning so much. Not just kidding. All right, I won't go there. Don't go. Win. Don't go there. Don't because you know what? Big. Look, we were talking down on him, but we had our our reasons. That was just an unprovoked attack. My my one thing is. Us Flyers fans, we all hoped and prayed Johnny Hockey would come home to Philly, and we suck. And we all wanted that. What's the difference between Johnny coming to Philly and G going to Ottawa? No difference. Uh-huh. Made more sense for Ottawa. <laughs> right. Like, they're, 
I think Ottawa's going to be good. I do with, too. With Jimmy Stu yeah. and Kachuk, like their young core is. I elite. like Sanderson too. Their uh, defenseman. Uh huh. Jake Sanderson. They traded for Chickering. Let, let that team have an off season. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I'm not a big fan of Cam Talbot. I I think I. Well, once they trade for Carter Hart, they'll be set. We're <laughs> Alex Lyon. We're Alex Lyon. Right. There you go. Have, have we mentioned any uh, former Flyers goalies? Wasn't that a thing the last couple of weeks? Well, we talked about Alex Lyon. Johan Backlund. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stolar is pretty good. Stoli. As well. Brian Elliott's yeah. still doing this. Well, the Moose Man. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? The only one I can talk about and feel good about is Neuverth. Like, hey. Oh, I could not stand him. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, you know what the funny thing is? I don't want to go on a tangent here because it's irrelevant. Um, yeah, we got six minutes left. Do you think? I wanted us to sign Neuverth huh. to be Mason's backup, and he was so good that first year. But that second year, it's like. Hackstall didn't know how to use him and Mason together, and it just spiraled out of control. And then Neuwirth just kept getting hurt, and nothing really, nothing, nothing went well after that. You know, you can blame for that if you need someone to blame. Let's hear it, Ron Hackstall. Yep. <laughs> is it in what world is it smart to sign a guy like Brian Elliott who? Uh, he was kind of not that he was breaking down, but he had some hip stuff going on before he came to the Flyers, right? Or no? Am I remembering that wrong? He had he some hip stuff, and yeah. he had that core muscle injury that you know I'm right. I'm always talking about. I feel like well, uh, Hacksaw Hayes has had that. it. G goes. Uh, Hacksaw gave him the uh, core muscle injury, right? So you so you he overplayed the hell out of him, and but so. You have a backup. I think we talked about this on here before, so I won't go crazy with this. But then you back him up with Michael Neuverth, who's basically made of glass. Yeah. Well, shocker, we had that eight goalie year. <laughs> I think Ottawa had that this year, too. They did. Seven goalies. They did, yeah. Oh, they couldn't beat the record. God damn it. Yep, yep. Maybe it's a G thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's the goalie curse. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, just you know that that's interesting stuff. You guys remember Roman Chekmanic? Oh yeah, of course he was crazy. I'm too young, but cranium cam. Yeah, he's the one he yelled at the bench, and so they were shooting slap shots at his head in practice. Really? Yeah, you don't remember him yelling at the bench? No. He skated to center ice and screamed at the bench during a game, and then I heard later in practice they were. I think I heard Jeremy Roenick say it. They, huh. were, they were like taking slap shots at his head. Get the hell <laughs> that one on. Yeah, he might have been a little crazy. Too many. I, I, you know what? I head. actually don't think that's too rare. I, I know goalies hate that shit in practice. Well, no, that's not why he them. did it though. Oh. That's not. That's not why he called them out. Okay. Yeah, yeah they were just playing bad, and he just had it. <laughs> and that's when the team was good too. That's when the team was mm-hmm. always in the playoffs. Playoffs weren't even a question. Garth Snow. <laughs> that was my first like favorite backup goalie for the Flyers. <laughs> he packed up Hextall, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he was yeah, the GM for the guys. Islanders for like 15 years. That's yep. right. That's right. They stunk the whole time too, didn't the they? The whole yeah. time. 
the whole yep. time. <laughs> the only player I can remember off the Islanders, like when I was younger, is Ziggy Palfi, and that's it. Who else? You know, about they the '90s. Yeah. Well, Hextall played for him for a hot second. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe a year. Huh. Yeah. See, that's a good pool there because I, I never knew that. That's, you learned something there. E- even the Islanders were bad when I was growing up. It was Tavares was a young rookie, Ocposo, Matty Molson. Matty Molson. Remember how, how he had that run. one good year? Little run. Didn't they sign him to a huge contract? I Buffalo after that? did. I think he went to Buffalo. Buffalo yeah, Buff, yeah, Buff, yeah. yeah. That's right. And then the uh, Chuck Fletcher trade for him in Minnesota? Probably. I think that sounds did. right. He definitely played. For that was the Vanek deal. Yep. 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 That's correct. Wait, Vanek played for Minnesota at one point, or, the, or Molson went with Vanek? No, it, was, uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was a one for one, but Vanek went to New York in exchange for Molson. Oh, the Islanders. Yes. I used to really like that guy, Thomas Vanek. I was. I hated him when he really played for the they be in on. They never were. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, Andreas Nodal was going to be the next Thomas. Oh, Vanek. he was. <laughs> yeah. That that dude could shoot, but man, his hands were like brick stones. <laughs> Nodal. Yeah. I liked him too. You know what? I thought he was a def- a good defensive player, but when Lavi was playing him on the top line, it's like just going to get outmatched. Yeah, he knew there was a, a really pretty low ceiling at that point. Like, yeah, oh, I didn't realize how many teams Vanek played for after the Sabres. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he Detroit, was Minnesota, everywhere, New York, Looking like seven teams here. Yeah, yeah, L.A. At some point, did he win a cup with Detroit? When did they win? No, no, no that was Hosa. Mm. Or, no, it wasn't. No, that was the year before. Uh, that's right, because Hosa lost with the yeah Red with the Penguins, lost with Detroit, Penguins. and then he won with Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wow. A little surprised by this yeah, he, from Vanek. He only played in a thousand twenty. I mean, only, but you know, Claude Giroux just played uh, a thousand games, and I thought I thought Vanek was around a lot longer than he was. Hmm. And just see, that's a thing too. So. This is props to Claude Giroux, who's now into one game away from 1,100 and still producing the way he is. Vanek's last season, 36 points in 64 games, and he's done. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So props to Claude Giroux. Because I know it sounded like we were kind of crapping on him earlier. Um, there really is. Yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll appreciate him. Like, for example, Sidney Crosby hated him when I was young. Uh, nowadays, when I watch him, it's almost sad because you know his career is coming to an end. I appreciate a guy like Sidney Crosby. I like watching him play, even if he's going to fucking shred the Flyers. Yeah, speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, all right, you know, I'm just going to watch this game and be be wild, I guess. Because what am I going to do? Fuck that guy. It's like, yeah, I can't get behind it. I I get what you mean. But I can hate I can hate uh, Latang and Malkin, but uh, for Crosby, it's just like you know what? Let me just watch this guy and appreciate this. See, I'm kind of the opposite. I I appreciate Latang. I think he's the most underrated player. I'm 24 years old. I think he's the most underrated player in my lifetime, in my time as a fan. Probably because he played with Crosby. All you hear is Crosby Malkin. Mm-hmm. I, I hate Latang. I mean, I think he's made of glass and he's a sissy. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that's amazing though is he suffered two strokes. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Man. I'd say he's made of glass. He comes back from a stroke. <laughs> well, he had one this. 
this year he had a stroke and he's yeah, playing. It's, it's like crazy. Jack, you remember you were trying to trade him to me and I was like, didn't he just have a stroke? I was he dynasty yeah, I was like, oh, I was hoping you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did yeah. trade him, by the way. I pulled it off. He did. He did. You got some good picks and you still made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and he beat me in the playoffs. It was great. <laughs> Um, what do you think, boys? We're about an hour in. It's 11 o'clock. We're turning off the lights here. I'm one of five people left. Should we uh, end the episode, or do you guys want to keep going? And I'll drop off. Your call, brother. This is a democracy. We can vote. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't see any of the game. I saw the highlights. I didn't see any of the game, so I can't really offer any insight. All right, we'll take it down. We can give. We can wrap it. Okay. Got to save some juice for next week. There's going to be no more games, Jim. Yeah, we're going to be looking towards the lottery. Let me uh, let me ask you guys real quick, and I apologize if you guys already talked about it. How did Adam Ginning look tonight? Did he play a lot? He had a big block shot that, you know, Torch is probably whacking it to after the game. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice block, but, I mean, you know, that's uh, – he had a penalty too, which I don't think wasn't really a penalty, but they'll call it every time, you know. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't think I'd ever see him with the Flyers. Neither mm-hmm. did I. He, his uh, his ceiling is uh, Robert Hag. I'm like, oh wow, great second round pick. He didn't look out of place though. I'll say that. You know? Okay. He wasn't getting beat or anything. Like you know, like remember Adder had like a terrible first game. Getting yep. he didn't look like that. He, okay. he kind of blended in a little bit from what I saw up here. I don't know. Maybe it looked different on TV. I'm not sure, but it didn't look out of place. So. Maybe he's a guy that they look at for another game or two. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, guys, let's wrap this up. Our last game on press row, last Flyers home game of the season. Um, Where's my lines? All right. So, for Jack and Travis, I'm Jim. Everybody, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Two more games left this year. We'll do one more show for the regular season next week. Next time you catch us live, we'll be then. So everybody, make sure you're taking your vitamins. Enjoy the rest of your night, everyone, and uh, let's go Flyers. Chico Resh. Good one, Jag. I was waiting for it. (laughs) 